All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Scoreboard. And we are joined by our amazing podcasters today, Tara Trin, Courtney Wise, Will Camardella, and special guest and track superstar, Brooke Rohde, back on the podcast after not being on for a little bit. So we're excited to have her with us too to recap everything March Madness. It is going on. USC is absolutely killing it right now. First time in the Sweet 16 since 2007. Everyone, I got to hear your thoughts. What do you guys think of this? We got to recap what's going on here. I'm ecstatic, obviously. Um, Not even just USC's performance in March Madness, but the Pac-12, I think, from, you know, most people we weren't expecting the Pac-12 to do so well, and it's really exciting to just see the whole division doing and performing pretty well. Yeah, I can definitely go off of that, too. I feel like there's always such a big East Coast bias when it comes to college basketball. I feel like the Pac-12 just gets so overlooked in football since we haven't been too, too good in the last couple of years, so that kind of translates over to basketball, and everybody on the East Coast is always like, oh, the West is dominated by Gonzaga, and now we're here, and the Pac-12's gone, I think, seven and one since Colorado lost this past weekend but yeah no it's been awesome to see USC just totally dominating I mean I did I expected it as always just because they've been so consistent throughout the season but it's awesome to see our name up on the map and just becoming more of a basketball school so well the success of the Pac-12 was I think a a big talking point for pretty much every coach after they won their uh, round of 32 game uh, basically saying listen this conference is deeper than everyone thought it was and you kind of saw that coming if you were following USC of the course of the season you saw the strength of a team like Colorado obviously they didn't advance but they had a good first game Oregon State won the conference we knew they were the team getting hot at the right time Oregon's well suited for these sort of tournament games they've gone on long runs before and USC they have uh, one of the best players in basketball right now, and they, they've been able to put together two dominant performances. So as far as national tournament recognition goes, the Pac-12 cannot be more thrilled than they are right now. Yeah, and you know, going off of that, um, I'm also very happy that USC is doing really well um, in the tournament. Um, they have been putting together a very impressive run so far, um, and I believe that the Pac-12 um, also has the most teams um, rather than any other uh, conference out there. And so um, I think that, you know, the Pac-12 should be very, very happy about how their conference is doing um, throughout this tournament. And so just going back to the Pac-12 for a second, what do you guys think of Oregon State? I feel like Oregon State was kind of overlooked this entire season. But if you guys were following along, they've been able to win their past couple games. They made it pretty far in the Pac-12 tournament which nobody really expected and coming into the NCAA as a 12 seed now they're in the sweet 16 against Loyola Chicago um do you guys have any thoughts on how good this Oregon State team could really be well they don't make the tournament if they don't go on that Pac-12 run in my opinion I mean they were not one of the four teams you looked at that, that could actually win that conference but they get in they get the automatic bid and again like I said it's the team getting hot at the right time which is so valuable in a one and done tournament um Obviously, you get Oklahoma State. Uh, Cunningham didn't have a great tournament, but that's still a very impressive win. I absolutely think—I think Loyola th- I mean, Loyal- Chicago is a better team, and I think they will win. But you have to be pretty impressed by what Oregon State's been able to accomplish. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, that's—you know, that, that brings us right into our main point of— 
of what we think is going to happen in this second week of March Madness. For me personally, it's been amazing to watch USC. Look, if we had our man Eli here, he'd find something to say. We all know that, but honestly, it's amazing. It, it really is. All you can say is, will it last? But when you dominate a college program like Kansas by like 35 points. 34, yeah. 34 points, thank you, Brooke. That is ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. And no matter how well other teams are doing, I think they're too hot to stop right now. So my main questions are what we think will happen in this game. And a follow-up is what do the Mobley brothers need to continue doing in this game? Because they've both been showing out and everyone's getting to know, especially how much of a superstar Evan Mobley is. Well, Skyler, you look backwards at the Kansas game. I mean, is this the best Kansas team we've ever seen? No, it's not. But there's still a three seed in the tournament. And let's be fair, this was utter annihilation. Uh, you shoot 57% from the floor. Your, your money from three, 11 for 18. Uh, highest three-point percentage you've had all season long. And you, sh and you held two opponents in March Madness to below 30% shooting from the field. That is extraordinary. Really extraordinary. And... You look forward to this Oregon game. Oregon's a team that's playing very hot offensively, but USC had a pretty solid defensive game against them last time, holding them to 58 points in their lone regular season matchup. If this defense continues to play the way they've been playing, I mean, you have to feel great, don't you? Yeah, I think also just our team's size and, you know, we have really tall players has been kind of an issue for the teams we've played against. And, yeah, Oregon was really exploiting weaknesses on Iowa's defense that I just don't see them doing against USC. So I think we have a really good shot at moving to the Elite Eight. I think one thing our team brings also is confidence. Going back to the regular season, we went on a nine to 10 game run where we looked absolutely unstoppable and that was just from confidence. Once our teams, once our players get going like Isaiah and Evan, if Isaiah and Evan are keying off each other, passing the ball, dunking, if they're, if they're hot from the three, then our team is basically unstoppable. And this is how we looked against Kansas last week. And keep in mind, Kansas is one of those teams that people thought they were probably going to go to the Elite Eight Final Four. They have a ton of experience, unlike our team. Our team barely has any experience in the tournament because they haven't been. This is, their, like Skyler said, their first time in the Sweet 16 in almost 14 years. I think a really big thing that we can do going into this game against Oregon is just keep bringing that confidence, starting early in the first half, getting those shots up. I think Isaiah Mobley went had four three-pointers. He was three for three in the first half, which I think just brought up the team morale all around. So if Isaiah and Evan can just um, keep that morale up with the team and get Drew, Drew Peterson and Taji to be hot too, mm -hmm. I think this team's going to be one to look at for sure against Oregon since I think we already beat them in the regular season by like 12 points. So, yeah. Yeah, um, going off of that, I definitely agree with you. I definitely think, you know, USC going against Oregon – uh, might be like a tough matchup for um, USC, but like going off of the Mobley brothers um, um, back from the Kansas game, you know, Evan Mobley was coming off of one of his best performances as a Trojan um, by, you know, um, he had like 17 points in the win over the Jayhawks. And so I definitely think, you know, Evan Mobley is definitely like the secret weapon for the Trojans. And um, I can definitely see... USC beating Oregon and going to the Elite Eight. So, The thing I look at when it comes to this matchup and the big question that needs to be answered to decide who's going to win this game, which team is going to dictate 
style of play. Because right now, Oregon is absolutely on fire offensively. They put up a 95-burger against a very solid Iowa team. They have some size. They're not as big as USC, who's the biggest team in the tournament, but they have some size. And Oregon really killed it from the outside in that game. It was raining from three. Uh, Oregon's 15-1 and one on the season when they make eight or more three-pointers. So their strategy oftentimes is high volume, long-distance shooting, and see if that can get you enough points to put you over the top. That formula didn't work against USC in the first matchup, and the big question here is can USC up front, uh, uh, in the backcourt with their guard play, uh, hold Oregon to below eight three-pointers? That's your magic number for this game. Yeah, that's going to be tough for sure. I mean, looking at USC stats too, they scored 85 against a Kansas team that obviously wasn't looking their best. I'm pretty sure I remember watching the conf- the post-conference and the Kansas coach was like, this is like the worst game we've played in like years, obviously. But I think where USC can really dominate is through the three-pointers too. It seems like the past couple day- games, Isaiah, Drew, Taj have been hot from three. So if we're able to match Oregon's uh, fire outside of the gate, then... I think that's going to be good, but of course, like uh, Will, yeah, Will said they've been Oregon's been fifteen and one if they've scored a bunch of three pointers. So it's just going to be it's going to be tough. But I think based on how we played them back in January, if we have our good defense, good rebounds, getting boards, and of course being consistent off of the free throws, which has been a place where our team has struggled, I think that's where we're going to be able to beat Oregon. And not to awesome. mention back when we played them in I think it was February. I don't think we had Isaiah Mobley. So, like, the fact that we could come out with such a good win and not really have any issues, I think now we have him back, I don't really see USC losing this game. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, no, there's so much going on with this team and in this tournament. You know, uh, Courtney, you mentioned that Evan Mobley is the secret weapon here. And he really is. And what we're seeing in this tournament with it being the COVID year, everything being kind of weird is these massive upsets like Oral Roberts beating Ohio State, just ridiculous. (laughs) And so basically, if you have the best players and you're on fire in a one and done tournament, you're pretty much unstoppable. And that's really what it comes down to with how hot this Trojan team is. Previewing the Oregon matchup just a little bit more here. Last week we talked about the X Factor. Might be the same answer, but I want to hear everyone's perspective here. Who is the X Factor for this? Obviously, we can, Evan Mobley is the main factor. But who is the X Factor this weekend against Oregon? I'll give you one. How about Ethan Anderson? Ethan Anderson nice. has been sort of leading the charge for the Trojans off the bench, especially you look at that Kansas game, it gives you nine points off off the bench. And the bench overall, the reserves in that game for USC shot 11 for 13 from the field. And he was sort of the catalyst of that. If you're able to get that deep production, we know Oregon has a lot of good players in their starting lineup. You look back to that uh, that Iowa game, you had... Four of your five starters and I'm sorry, all five of you. Four of your five starters were in double figures in that game. But if USC can consistently get good performances from guys off the bench like Anderson, maybe they'll just be able to out stamina Oregon if this matchup is close. So that, that could be a big factor in this one. I'm gonna go with Chavez Goodwin. I think he gets overlooked a lot because Evan Mobley's our big guy under the basket, but Coming off the bench, Chavez Goodwin had 10 points. He he was one of one, two, three, four Trojans in double figures. This guy, he had multiple slams under the basket, 
Good alley oops. I think this guy's really dangerous on the floor. On the floor, he went four for four for his field goals. He went two for two in his free throws. So we know he's reliable when it comes to the line. And this guy brings energy to our team. He gets fired up after he makes those big dunks. He gets our team going, and I think he's a really good guy that we can have in our arsenal if Evan needs a break or one of our big guys is having a tough game. I was also going to go with Goodwin, actually. And, yeah, I just kind of repeating what Brooke says. He brings – he boosts morale on our team. And, yeah, the guys get all fired up when he, you know, makes a dunk or something. And he's just someone that there that I think is, like, a good team player. I think he um, provides – not necessarily like leadership to the team, but he brings a character to the team that I think no one else has on the floor. He also has experience being a grad student as well, and being one of the few guys on our team that's actually been in the tournament previous to this, so that's been awesome too. Um, I'm gonna say Isaiah White for me. Um, I think that, taking a little different approach, I think that, um, He's definitely one of, like, the rising stars um, on the basketball team, and he's um, basically, he's a team leader in uh, steals. He has 0.9, um, and he has, like, 3.4 rebounds and 0.8 assists. And so I think, you know, Isaiah White is definitely um, a rising star in the basketball team, and he he's definitely a team player, and I can see him going far, too, so... Wow, wow. I love it. Great great answers all around, really. Last week, we were all in agreement on Drew Peterson, so it was fun to have so many different perspectives. We saw Isaiah White absolutely killing it at the end of that Jayhawks game this weekend. And Chavez Goodwin, with the experience he has, only player to have been in the tournament, is also a really, really good choice. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to go here with Ethan Anderson and agree with Will. I was lucky to be in a press conference talking to him at the beginning of the season and he was really motivated and felt he'd improved. I have to admit, I didn't see a massive change at the start of the season, but in this tournament, he looks strong and his basketball IQ looks high and it looks like it is all coming together. His playmaking is improving and his ability to finish with the strength inside through contact is next level and should serve him really well if he's lucky enough to make it to the big show in the NBA. Uh, speaking of that, shout out to former Trojan Nikola Vucevic for getting a nice trade to the Bulls while he'll, he'll be the star. But with that being said, we're talking about this year's Trojan team. And when we look at this year's Trojan team, we're all pulling for a win this weekend and we think that they will win, but if it were at this exact point, if it stops here, what is this Trojan team's legacy with Evan Mobley, with Isaiah Mobley, with the well-rounded team, and them making it to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2007? Well, I mean, it, listen, it's one of the best teams they've had I, in at least recent memory. I mean, again, you mentioned it first appearance since 2007. And you kind of look back, and hasn't it all been there? The defensive identity has been there. The star player is going to be a high pick in the NBA draft has been there. The team working together as a cohesive unit, even without fans in the building, able to create their own energy and put together a great season ha has been there. This is a team guys are going to remember. And, of course, you have the moment. 
No, it was not a postseason, but your last game of the regular season with a chance at first place, you go into UCLA and hit a game-winning three-pointer. I mean, you have the memories, you have the cohesiveness as a unit, you have the star player, and I think that was all coming together if you watch uh, head coach Andy Enfield's post-game press conference, who basically took a giant victory lap at the start of that press conference, thanking CBS for picking against them against Kansas because they, quote, weren't disciplined enough, and he asked the simple question, just imagine how good we'd be if we weren't disciplined. You can tell the energy around this team is different and special, and because of that, uh, they are going to be remembered for a very long time. I think one... they're only... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Tara. I think they're only one of five teams that have made it this far in the tournament, too, and so I think that's, like Will was saying, this is one of the best teams that our school has ever seen. And, yeah, it's definitely evident in so many reasons. We have the star player. We have the team working together. Maybe they could be a little more disciplined, but hey, I'll take a 34-point win with an undisciplined team. I think the word that comes to mind when I think of this uh, USC basketball team is resilience. I think you guys obviously remember that we went on a really big run in our regular season, but then we were slotted to win the Pac-12 regular season, but then we dropped those two games in the mountains to Colorado and Utah. If this was a team that that hasn't fought through resiliency and COVID and missed tests and postponed games, I feel like they wouldn't have been able to come back from that. But because they've had to fight through all these adversities throughout the season, not knowing if they're going to be able to play, not knowing if they're going to have a full roster for each game, I think that's really built up some resilience for them when it comes into the tournament. It's built up a lot of mental strength. Um, As for the tournament-wise, I mean, just the fact that they've come out here with this confidence and just knowing that they're able to do it is just huge because there's a lot of teams like – USC that aren't very experienced in the tournament and probably come into this tournament nervous and not really knowing what to expect but because of our big players like Evan and Isaiah Mobley and like I mentioned earlier like Shabez Goodwin who just brings the fire to our team that just totally changes our team mentality so I think if anything just even if the even if we lose to Oregon on Sunday no matter what it's gonna be great for the Pac-12 because we're playing another Pac-12 team that will get to the Elite Eight and that's really good for our conference and recruiting but I mean, just hats off to this USC team. Like Skyler has mentioned in many podcasts or sports scenes, there's something special going on in LA with the Lakers and the Dodgers. So it's just a really good showing for Los Angeles and just really excited to see what they're able to do next season. So yeah, basically what everybody has said, you know, this is one of the best USC teams out there. Um, But I think that if um, the Trojans continue to be um, determined and motivated they can basically do anything in the tournament and um, hopefully beat Oregon on Sunday and I would love to see them go against Gonzaga too um, in the Elite Eight and so definitely having you know Evan Mobley as a potential number one um, draft pick um, definitely helped the Trojans a lot throughout this tournament and um, and yeah so amazing amazing no what a special team and for me it's going to be what they've done during the COVID year it, it will always sure. be the COVID year with the fans with the whole world going through a collective experience together and being able to bond over something like college basketball in such a strange way where, where we have to watch from home and then giving people that enjoyment and things to talk about and get excited about uh, but really when you look back on this team 
it's going to be Mr. Evan Mobley. Uh, it, it is his team, no matter how good the supporting cast is. And they'll be remembered, too. They really will because they're phenomenal. But the, sto- the stories that are really taking off in the mainstream media, everyone is starting to notice the Super Mobley brothers now. And the fact that you've got the dad as the assistant coach, and you've got Isaiah, and you've got Evan. And I think that will always be the main story of this team. And Evan Mobley was already predicted as by Bleacher Report as an all-star in, five, in the next five years. So I think that he's going to be around for a long time to come. And a lot of people are going to remember this performance because he's one of the most athletic seven-footers that I have ever seen. And resilient is also a great word for this team. And we're excited for this weekend, USC and Gonzaga. I've got them winning in my bracket. Lots of college analysts called them a dark horse to make the the final four. So let's see what they can do. But for us, that is all the time that we have today. And thank you so much for checking out the scoreboard.